here this morning and share. I thought it was interesting that uh, Chris said I was to speak on the subject of go, and maybe when I finish, you'll think, just keep going. <laughs> Don't come back. No. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to be here today. He said that the first week you shared together on the subject of be, and I immediately, I don't know what was spoken before, I don't know what's gone back, except be, do, and now go. So be, I just thought of Philippians 3. Paul said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed unto his death and somehow to attain unto the resurrection from the dead. And again, in Hebrews 12, 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So I thought, okay, to be, we need to get into the Word of God and understand what He wants for us because it's always for our own good. Like He said in Deuteronomy to the children of Israel, keep my word for your own good. And then on doing, I thought, hmm, of 1 John 3 where He says, if we have this food and we have this money and we have this ability... And then we see a brother in need and we are not willing to share. How does the love of God abide in our heart? So instead of saying, go and be filled, we say, let me give, let me help, let me share. Let me do what I can do. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, I'm looking out over you this morning, and uh, I heard uh, Pat McKinley say this morning that uh, Sharon Holder, uh, used to be Steen Holder, said when her mother passed away, there are no longer any older people in the congregation, and Pat said, uh, Sharon, just look at us, <laughs> and here we are, and so some of you I recognize uh, from years gone back when we used to be in school together. Uh, some of you are not recognizable, <laughs> uh, not because uh, you've changed that much, actually, but just because I don't know you. So we're hoping to get acquainted today and share together. Jesus said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And some people say, okay, Jesus said that, but it's only to the disciples, only to the 11 that were left. Judas had, uh, had taken himself out of that group, as you know. But if you look over to Luke chapter 24, you remember there were two men on the road to Emmaus. One was named Cleopas. The other is not revealed. Probably was the apostle John but we don't really know. And they walked along, Jesus walked with them, and they, they felt this fire burning in their hearts, but they, they didn't really understand. And till Jesus opened their minds and their hearts to understand the scriptures, because that was when they were sitting together and taking bread, and he offered thanks, and then they realized, this is Jesus. And he disappeared. So they got up immediately and go back to Jerusalem. And what does the scripture say? The scripture says they met there with the group, the rest of the disciples, and those that were with them. 
And if you follow chapter 24 all the way down, you see Jesus again gave the Great Commission, beginning in verses 36 and just following right on down. And he's giving it to all the disciples. So it isn't just those 11 disciples that Jesus said, go. It's to you and to me as well. That all men might know about Jesus. I've got something really great. So I keep it right here. I don't want to tell anybody. Is that what we do with it? Oh, no. If we have something really great, we want to share that news. Isn't that true? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you were with me. <laughs> Isn't that really true? My wife just had a baby. No, that wasn't true. <laughs> I, I suggested we might try for another after seven, and she said, honey, I think you need to find another wife. <laughs> I didn't want to do that, so we, <laughs> we dismissed that. <laughs> but when you have really great news, you want to share it. So when our first son was born, the doctor had said, oh, long, it's going to be a girl, it's going to be a girl. And I kept praying, Lord, it'll be a boy because we want to go to the mission field. And we go to the mission field, we need a big boy to take care of all the leathers that are coming after him. Well, the doctor just kept saying, oh, the way she's carrying this baby, it must be a girl, it must be a girl. And when he came out to tell me it was a boy, I started down the halls of the hospital. Yeah, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. And the nurses came flooding out. It's 10 o'clock at night and people are trying to sleep. <laughs> be quiet. I didn't want to be quiet. So I went to the phone. I was going to call all the family up. And the people that were with me, Ed and Bernie Moore, they said, don't you think you ought to wait and see how your wife is before you call? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess I can wait that long. You know, because you have good news and you want to share it. Isn't that true? And we have the good news of Jesus. And you know, there are people that have not heard of him, that don't know about him. They don't have the opportunity like you and I do to come to the service here this morning. You know that? And Jesus said, go. And sometimes we say, well, I'd rather be I'd rather do, but let somebody else go. I think about the vision that God gave Isaiah. And he first saw God high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And when we have a picture of God and his willingness to go, he G-O-D, and the first two letters are go, gave the gospel, Jesus, the gospel, the good news, and the first two letters are go. He himself came from heaven through his son to share with us the good news. And when saw him, Isaiah saw him high and lifted up, he said, who will go for us? And, who will? and Isaiah said, I will. I will go.
doesn't necessarily mean you have to go to Taiwan. It doesn't mean you have to go to Japan. It doesn't mean you have to ride the princess uh, cruise ship to get there and stay a while. And it doesn't mean that you have to go to Korea or Italy. But it does need, mean that you need to go with the message next door or right here in Eldon. There are people who can use the message of Jesus just as well. But it also means to go other places, doesn't it? Going, certainly, in this nation, I would think we would understand, means going other places. In fact, we were driving up from Joplin to the lake, and I realized that there are a lot of people going somewhere all the time. And then we got to Lebanon where we used to know as kids and came this way all the time and we just went right past it because there used to be a sign that says to the Lake of the Ozarks, but it isn't out on the freeway anymore. So we just went by that and the next sign up says Sleeper. Well, we didn't want to go to Sleeper, although you probably think I've been there. But anyway, we turned around and came back and finally found the Lebanon turnoff and we went over to the lake and then we couldn't figure out where we were going at the lake because everything has changed. But we were going. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way we do with the message of Jesus as well. <laughs> we're going. Where are you going? Well, to the football game. <laughs> Basketball game. Skating? Or do you do that anymore? Probably at our age, no. We have the message of Jesus. With it we go. And I'd like to just have you think for just a few moments this morning. What do we go with? We go with the word. We go with prayer. We go with love. And we go with a servant's heart. You can remember those, right? We go with the word, we go with prayer, we go with love, and we go with the servant's heart. So I just want you to think on that for just a moment. God did all of those things before us. Jesus did all of those before us. You remember his first temptation? He had been in the wilderness for 40 days without eating or drinking. And the devil came to him and said, Those stones... You can turn them into bread. And Jesus said what? Matthew 4, 4. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Hebrews 4 says, The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce to the dividing of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and to understand the intent of the heart and there is nothing covered or hidden in all of creation that he does not see isn't that great that's what we have to go with the word John chapter 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God the same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by Him and 
nothing was created without Him. And in down in verse 14, He came to pitch His tent among us. Well, it doesn't quite say that. It says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But the Word is actually, He pitched His tent among us. And that's what we have to do. Whether it's people hurting because they're in prison, as we heard yesterday at the convention, or whether it's those that have nothing to eat, or whether it's those who are from a broken family and they don't really have anyone caring for them, or whether it's people that have never heard in another language and we have to go learn that language, we go with the Word. That's Jesus. He did it first. We have his example. And then we go with prayer. Jonathan Goforth said, if we go into China, we must go forth on our knees. But Jesus did that first. Have you looked at Mark 1.35 or Luke 5.16? Mark 1.35 says, while it was still dark, Jesus got up early and went to a lonely place to pray. And Luke 5.16 says, it was his custom to get up and go to a lonely place to pray. How often do you pray? Have you prayed recently about people that are lost? Have you prayed about your own thinking about people that are lost? I'm asking you questions that I've asked myself. I'm not just pointing these at you. What did Jesus pray for? He was the Son of God. He was with God in the beginning and created the world. What did He pray for? And Hebrews chapter 5 tells us He humbled Himself. The Son of God humbled Himself. And then I got to thinking about that. You know what? Blocks our prayers sometimes is our pride. We have a saying in Chinese, I can think of a way to do this. I can do it myself. I think, yeah, that's just the way Americans think. But that was Chinese. That's the way people think. Oh, I'm a person. I've thought that lots of times. I can do this. And I get into trouble. Not only that, but there is so much that I do not see and do not understand. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the spiritual world. Ephesians chapter 6. 
But we can't even see what we're fighting against. And when you can't see the enemy, how are you going to take, take him down? Well, there's one way. He can. I can't. So I come before him and ask him, God, give me eyes to see what you see. Help me to love people like you love people. Help me to care. Help me to be willing to do what you want me to do. Help me to go where you want me to go. So go with the word and go with prayer and go with love. What did Jesus say? If you love me, you will keep my... Come on, finish it. 14 of John, 15 of John. You will keep my commandments. You will keep my word. If you love me. And if you do that, you will love one another. Well, it's okay, I guess. Some of you are more lovable than others. <laughs> and of course, I'm very lovable. <laughs> now why would she laugh I didn't <laughs> you know these are things that we think is it not what did Jesus mean if we love God if we love God we will love his children if we love God we listen to what he says and then we love his children. After we had children, I discovered that if you didn't like my kids, you didn't like me. Have you ever had that feeling? Of course you have. If you're a parent, it's apparent you're a parent. Because you love your children. Do you not? And God says to us, if you love me, you'll listen to what I say, and then you'll love my children. That's about as simple as it gets. One reason, as our kids grew up, that I understood and knew this verse was because sometimes children would say, okay, Dad, and not do it. Have you ever done that? And then, when they did it, I really appreciated it. It showed that they loved me. That they listened to what I was saying. And then the next one was a little more challenging. Sometimes, loving their brothers and sisters was not always as easy as it was. To listen to what I ask them to do. Have you ever had that in a family? Uh, we had seven children, uh, 15 grandchildren, nine great grandchildren at the present. And sometimes you notice that in this mix of people, that once in a while little comments are made that kind of stir up things that happened years ago. 
and nothing can get to a brother or sister as easily as another brother and sister who knew what that person did, when and where. Have you noticed that? Nobody else ever noticed that. Well, either you're a bunch of good liars or, <laughs> or you're not admitting it, one or the other. What God has said is when we love him, we love his children, those born of God. And that may mean some are big, some are little, some are tall, some are short, some are handsome, some are not handsome, some are beautiful, some are not beautiful. It means we love his children. And last of all, we go with a servant's heart. We go with what? You tell me. Number one, we go with the word. Number two, we go with prayer. And number three, we go with love. And number four, we go with a servant's heart. If you turn over to Luke chapter 22, Jesus was instilling the Lord's Supper that we just took of this morning. What were the disciples doing in Luke chapter 22? This tickles me in some ways, and yet it shows our thinking as human beings. What were the disciples doing in Luke chapter 22, just at the time when Jesus was instilling the Lord's Supper to remember his death for us? What were they doing? Arguing about, still arguing about, who was the greatest in the kingdom. And what did Jesus do? And I want you to see this. I've asked him to put John 13, 1 to 17 on the board. And I want us to read together. <clears throat> it was just, all of you now, you can read, right? Okay. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God as he was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Are you reading with me? I don't hear anybody. Okay, let's keep going. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, always taking one foot out of his mouth and putting the other one in, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not everyone was clean. 
When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Did you get whose feet he washed there? The man who betrayed him? And the man who sold him down the drain. He washed Judas' feet. As well as Peter's. They were arguing about who was the greatest. And the greatest laid aside his clothes and washed their feet which was the servant's task. The lowest servant in the household washed all the guests' feet. Sometimes we are asked to do things that are dirty. We don't like to do them. I remember when our neighbor fell into the Shuego, into the Benjo Ditch, and another young man and I uh, pulled him out and was giving him, uh, how do you say that? He was CPR or CPR and trying to blow into his nose, and he was vomiting up rice and all the stuff that he'd had and all this kind of stuff. God, I can't do this. So I let the other one do it. <laughs> There are things that God calls us to do sometimes that we just think, can't do that, God. Jesus reminds us that he washed Judas' feet. So if we go, I'd just like to remind you four things. Don't go naked. That's not a very good way to go. So go with the word. Go with prayer. Go with love. And go with a servant's heart. Let's pray.